Sometimes I feel like our, I'm going to jump right in, y'all, because we, we got to go. Uh, sometimes, I, we, do we have kids in here? Not little kids, right? Okay, good. I'm going to say this. Sometimes, I don't know if you talk to the TV. I talk to the TV. My wife walks through and goes, you know, they're not going to talk back, right? I'm like, yes, I do. That's why I watch it. <laughs> and then she hit me. But uh, I talk to the TV. Sometimes you just feel like the world's going to hell. Let's just say it, okay? Can you say that here? Yeah, Dan, once. <laughs> But sometimes that's just, maybe just when you're watching TV, I mean, that's, that's just what you feel like. And, and, you know, our country, and we got to get our country and all that. But then this happens, and I want us to see this picture. This happens. Asbury Seminary and College. <laughs> and for the two or three of you that aren't familiar with this, uh, some students... Uh, there was chapel, and I got to go fast, okay. And some students um, stayed after, and one fella, uh, and, and you'll see him in some of the videos, uh, not today, but uh, he confessed a sin. And then they were sort of sitting on the stage, and another one did that. And then it sort of lit up, and then they're texting, going, Y'all got to get over here, something's going on. And then more students start coming. And one of the professors said, I, I heard kind of a commotion, you know, an hour later, he's walking, and he said, I stopped about 10 yards outside the chapel and just felt a presence. And then people started coming, and we'll see a couple other slides here, just altar call, and, um, and then lined up, colleges started coming. People came from Brazil, Mexico, Poland, South Korea, Canada, Kenya, Ireland, England, and, and much more. Clouds sort of descended, not dark clouds, but white, puffy clouds kind of descended around as the, as the spirit, it seemed, was filling that place. And then, this is this next picture I really like. Uh, th this fella just represents, it was not just about students, it was about people of all ages, and pretty soon they had to kind of close the chapel and just say, let the young folks in, and everybody else went to these different chapels, and then the police finally had to say, y'all can't come anymore, we got more people than we got toilets, and uh, Wilmore only has 3,000 people, about 1,500 students, and um, I saw yesterday, it may have hit 100,000 people came to Wilmore. I know three days ago it was 50,000. I don't know how accurate. And, of course, how do you count 100,000 people? Now, this next slide, uh, it was created by one of the students. And this shows people from all over the world uh, coming to Wilmore. So what, what do we know from that? And we're good, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just think that's such a dramatic slide. People from all over the world. Why? Because people, people are hungry, and people have been praying for revival, and they want it. One student said, you can't put this into human words, what this atmosphere contains. It feels like you're gathered around the throne. It's so simplistic and no hype. And they, they just kept singing, and, and there was a few student uh, you know, musicians, but then sometimes just a cappella, and they kept singing, worthy is the lamb, worthy is the lamb. Um, and there were strong... There were strong reactions about this revival. There were positive and negative, and, and just a few of the positives. 
people were excited about the revival. Why were they excited? Well, because our country is in such a mess. Uh, opioids and gangs and unethical business activity and keeping the poor locked in poverty and mass shootings and all that. We need a revival. And then we've been praying for revival because of the declining numbers of the church. Now, understand that's America. Most of the world, uh, Europe, Europe is declining somewhat, but uh, most of the world is gaining. And China and Iran are on fire. And so uh, the global south, uh, the church is strong in Africa. Uh, they're, they're, they're leading the way. They're sending missionaries to us. You'll have somebody knocking on your door. If you were to die tonight, do you know for sure you can say where you would get, you know. <laughs> um, so practice your answer on that. Um, and then the growth of the nuns. Now, not Catholic nuns, N-O-N-E-S. Meaning, when the guy knocks on your door and asks a question, well, nobody does that. When the guy knocks on your door and asks the question, uh, you know, what do you believe? Where do you go to church? What do, what do you... Um, the no, no affiliation is skyrocketing. Uh, 43% of people under 30, 43% of adults under 30 uh, record no uh, church attendance whatsoever. And then uh, a, lot of, a lot of people have prayed for revival kind of around a misunderstanding of Second Chronicles. Um, if my people will humble themselves. And, and, and every time I get a letter uh, from any Christian organization, it has that scripture. And it's a good scripture. You just have to understand it wasn't written to you. Uh, it was written to Solomon. And it was God saying, I'm going, I might send uh, locusts and plagues. He just finished building the temple. So he was sky high. And I might do that, God said. And if I do, if my people will humble... My people, meaning the nation of Israel, the people that Solomon led. Now, secondarily, we just have to be careful with hermeneutics. When you're siphoning scripture, you have to say, who was it written to and who wrote it? And if you got a letter from your cousin that said, Aunt Marge passed away and we're splitting the land, and I happen to look over your shoulder and go, awesome. <laughs> it's not my land. It wasn't written to me. But uh, if you invite me out to ride dirt bikes, secondarily, I'll get a blessing from that email, okay? So uh, we can use that scripture. We just need to be careful because America, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. But, <laughs> um, uh, America is not in that scripture, okay? Uh, my people uh, now are us. Uh, there is no temple. We're the temple, uh, each one of us temple your body is a temple the holy spirit um, christ made the sacrifice we don't have to go to priest anymore he is the high priest and when god says things like if my people will humble themselves he's talking to the church so countries don't get saved cities don't get saved counties don't get saved individuals get saved and since christ we no longer god no longer is dealing with russia and china because they may change their name I mean, if you go over to the Slavic countries, God may be confused on who, well, I want to bless, oh, it doesn't exist anymore? Okay, well, Kazakhstan, okay, well, um, so we have to be careful with that. But one of the reasons we're excited about Asbury is like, oh, good, God's going to do that revival thing. And y'all, I, I just want to challenge us. It'll get sweeter here in a minute. Just hold on. But I just want to challenge us that there's something in us, and, and I won't, not your church, but a lot of other churches, there's something in us 
that wants somebody, something out there to do the thing over there for our country where all those people that keep acting bad will stop it. And we call that revival. But revival is not for a country. Revival is not for uh, those people. Revival is a renewal of a dead thing. And it's a message to the church. Okay. So... That's as rough as it'll get. Now, we'll, we'll be sweet from now on. So there's, there's uh, some negative, negative responses to the revival. Somehow I ended up friends with this guy. I, he was nice in the old days, but somehow he went down that kind of reformed path. And he is just an unhappy person, just a cynical preacher questioning everything. Every post was, well, it's just, this revival is just emotionalism. I'm like, dude, I've been to your church. A little bit of emotionalism. A good... <laughs> Just somebody, I'm, you know, when I'm, when I'm saying hello to people, I'm checking pulse. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, emotionalism. I, and I want to say, brother, uh, he's in a Baptist church. I want to say, if you're in a Baptist church, a Methodist church, a Presbyterian church, or a Christian church, anywhere between northern Ohio and southern Alabama, you were born in a revival in 1801 in Cane Ridge, Kentucky, where people were barking. All right? They were barking. They were yelping. They had child exhorters. It's called the Second Great Awakening. And people from all different backgrounds came. They're preaching on stumps. Children were preaching on stumps with adult language and sentences and wisdom. It was wild because the Holy Spirit just doesn't work with our outlines. Yeah. So, Cambridge, Kentucky was the heart and soul of the uh, Second Great Awakening. And what happened there, I'll tell you real quick. Well, you know we're not going to stop at 1130, right, Gordon? Just tell me you know that. All right, I'm going to I'm go super fast, but I know we've got a lot of stuff. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, what happened was a Presbyterian preacher, Baptist preacher, Methodist preacher, they said, man, you know what? Let's not be those things. Wasn't, it wasn't about right or wrong or good or bad. It was like, what, what's best? What's simplistic? What, what's core New Testament? Let's just be Christians, and we'll just be the church, I don't know, like what the Bible says, of Christ. We'll just be disciples of Christ. We'll just be disciples, church of Christ. And so those three fellows came together, and out of that, uh, the Christian church was born. Now, you know, we're kind of another denomination these days, but, but everybody's trying to get there. But it was born out of a place where all kinds of craziness was going on. Some of it may have been emotionalism, but a whole lot of real got planted there. Roots that to this day are blossoming, okay? Roots don't blossom, but I'm, I'm going fast. You can't, you can't, do you want to stay awake or you want it to be accurate? <laughs> Okay, I mean, all right. So, so, so this preacher guy criticized, well, it's emotionalism, it's manufactured, that sort of thing. So, man, if you haven't seen The Chosen, you need to see The Chosen, it's awesome. But Nicodemus, to me, that's the greatest scene. I haven't watched the whole thing, maybe better scenes, but Nicodemus is great. So Nicodemus is, in those days, he would have been the uh, um, uh, preacher, a, a prophet, a politician, and he would have been one of those kind of leaders all, all rode in, into one. And he came to Jesus, kind of, you know, uh, a little bit discreetly. 
And, and they had this awesome conversation. And, and Nicodemus saw the miracles, heard the teaching, heard the wisdom, want, wants to know more. And, and what is this kingdom of God? He was a genuine seeker. And Jesus said, well, you, you know, um, you, you're going to have to be born again. Like, okay, it's hard for us. We can't imagine not. We, we've heard this all our lives. Matter of fact, Jimmy Carter, for a lot of y'all didn't know, there was no born again before Jimmy Carter in America. Nobody said that. And then Time Magazine called him a born again Christian, and all of a sudden everybody's born again. Okay. Young people go, wow, he's wise. <laughs> Um, also ADD. So, uh, <laughs> Nicodemus, born again, how can a man go back into his mother's womb? Because we've heard that so long, but he had never heard that. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, the wind blows. And, and, and let me get it just right. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. We've got to embrace that. So many of us grew up with an allegiance to the Bible, and that's awesome. But, but honestly, for a lot of us, it was Father, Son, and Holy Bible. And, and yes, we, we revere it and treasure it, and it teaches us truth, but we must not neglect the power of the Holy Spirit. So on the day of Pentecost, okay, so Jesus was crucified, he was buried, he rose again, and then he appeared to the disciples, and then they were freaked out, and they went and stayed, you know, in a house, and like, what are we going to do? Our leader's gone, what are we going to do? And the Holy Spirit comes on them, and it says tongues of, you know, there's fire, fire on top of their heads. It's imagery, it's picture, it's reality, it's, what is it? It's bigger, it's bigger than what we understand physically, it's metaphysical, it's, it's existential, it's God at work. You can't capture all that, but Luke, the, the physician, is writing Acts, and he's trying to describe this, and he's like, it's like, tongues of fire and then these guys left the house and went out and were speaking other languages it was this cosmopolitan city it was a, a new york or a, or an atlanta or a san francisco it was all these people living there and and so they're speaking these languages and then the people there were like man these dudes must be drunk because this was crazy <laughs> and peter says this is i love this peter's like no we're not drunk it's nine o'clock like, we don't get drunk till two. I mean, not that's, what else can you infer from that, you know? No, 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 we're not drunk. It's only nine o'clock. <laughs> like, oh, and everybody there, oh, oh, okay, well, uh, well, then what is it? And so Peter proceeds to tell them what it is. You killed Jesus. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Um, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Uh, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And I appreciate the brothers sharing about last days. For a lot of us, we understand that last days started then, at the cross, at the resurrection, and that we have been this whole period in the last days, and that we do not live in fear or panic. We do not live. So see, here's what we do. We say, oh, our world's going to hell. We're watching the news. Everybody's crazy. 
And, and we must be very guarded as Christ followers to allow our hearts to be molded into the way of the world, to become cynical and fearful and panicky. And just an editorial comment, and I love you, turn off the news, the all-day news. I go to my mother's house. It's on all day long. My mother, they invaded Afghanistan once. Now it's every, like, 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock. They're not still invading. You don't need this. It's, it's, it's saturating your spirit. You could really make the case, Gordon, that we're being discipled by news companies, guys who sit behind desks and have opinions rather than being molded by truth and the power of the Spirit. Behold, I make all things new. All right, so what brings revival? You can't man. So what's the point of this message? <laughs> You're like, yes, thank you. <laughs> We've wanted to ask that. Well, so we see revival, and it fires us up. And people drive, and that's fine. I had friends who drove there. But, of course, the point is, it's not about there. It's about here. It's not about Wilmore, Kentucky. It's about Hebron Christian Church. It's about God being present with us, that he doesn't deal with nations anymore. If, if you were born and you were not in the nation of Israel, you're like, well, dang. Uh, but, but it's not about that anymore. You're not born into the faith Every person now, because of Christ, is able to choose it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, we, we sing this song. Uh, 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 I don't know if y'all sing. Let me, let me lubricate this so we can. I used to could sing. Do y'all sing this song? By the way, I follow a lot of bad bands. Thank y'all today. It was really good. I mean, seriously, love y'all on video. Not your church, but, um, <laughs> but it's a better message when there's better music, Gordon. Am I right? I mean, because when you have to save the whole service, you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Not only do I have to preach, but I have to wake them up, <laughs> give them God. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. I love that song. I love that song. But you know what? So I love driving through towns, and every church has that. Just about every church, at least in the old days, everyone welcome. And I'm like, yeah, I bet that's not true. <laughs> bet I could bring a couple of friends from Atlanta and we'll just see, we'll just test that little sign out front. <laughs> Same way is, I think we have to be careful and be very serious. We have to be very careful saying, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here because y'all, and I'm not an expert, and listen, I'm a fellow traveler with you on this. I'm not revival expert. I'm here saying, wow, I'm amazed at what happened at Wilmore, and I know that it can happen anywhere, and how do we do that, and I know you can't manufacture it, but listen, I'm not an expert, but... Everything I know from Scripture and, and from watching and reading and listening, the Holy Spirit will wreck things. The Holy Spirit doesn't come in and follow our guidelines and go, oh, we need to be done. Okay, well, that's fine. All right, okay. Holy Spirit wrecks you. And, and, and you know, every time in the Bible people came into the presence of God, and y'all, same, same, God the Father, Holy Spirit, same, 
Every time people came in the presence, the first thing God had to say was, fear not. Like every time, not hello, how you doing, how's your mama, fear not. Okay, don't be afraid, now let's talk. And every time, it, you've been in the presence, I hope, once or twice for me, you know, truly not in the presence of God, but once or twice where you just felt the presence and you're, you're flat on the floor. I mean, or, or you're on your knees or you're weeping and you see it all through the Bible and you hear, you hear stories of that. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. That should be our prayer, but let's be prepared that, that, that that's, a big, that's a big thing. All right, so what do, what do we do now? Um, oh, I just, uh, yeah, I got to go. Um, okay, so here's, here's what I want to encourage you with. Posture, not plan. Can we replicate Asbury? I don't think that's a bad question to ask. Or Pentecost. Pentecost had its own unique thing. Remember hermeneutics. Who was it for? What was the context? Is there something for me primarily or secondarily or not at all? Okay. But can we replicate it? Based on historic revivals and what we see in Asbury and what we see from Scripture, here's three things for us today. Humility. I can't do this on my own. Church, we can't do this on our own. Mission ministries, we can't do this on our own. Scripture's very clear. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Not programs, not fundraising, not cool marketing. He will lift you up. Now, do I need to do fundraising at Christian City? Yes, we need money to, to go. And, and I know a core principle of fundraising is, you don't give if I don't ask. And if I, don't, if I don't give you the information, there's no way for you to know of the need. So yeah, here's the need. I make the ask. But we have to trust that God's at work all around that. Yes, we need programs. We have a lot of great programs. Fantastic, awesome things that I hope you all will stop at the table and check it out. But He will lift us up. The second thing is hunger. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for water. So my soul longs for you, O Lord. Y'all, I come back to that verse so many times, not because I'm spiritual, but out of desperation. Lord, I want... So it's funny how this works. Before I long for him, I pray that I would long for him. Anybody with me? Right. Lord, I'm empty. I'm not doubting. I'm tired, kind of irritable. Uh, Carol won't let me talk to the TV. I mean, all kinds of stuff, Lord, going on. Lord, I want to long for you. Create in me that thirst. And, And I don't know for you. For me, that works, not instantly or not every time, but continually coming back to him saying, I want to not just pray. I want to not just serve. I want to not just go sit at church. Help me long for you. Help me to to yearn. Help me to, I love that song, The Breath of God. I want to breathe in, breathe out. The same word for breath is the same word for spirit with a little s is the same word for spirit with a capital S. And that's what Jesus is playing on that. And Dr. Griffin is a lot sharper on me than this. But he's playing off that with the wind blows, the breath 
coming in, the going out, the pneuma, all of that is intersecting in the language. Okay, the third thing is heart, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost to last lap. Um, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Blessed are the pure in heart. Here's kind of what I want to pitch to you. One, I think there's the sinful heart. The heart wants what the heart is, you know. The answer to my sinful heart is repentance. I want revival. I want to long for God like the deer pants for water. But I got things happening in my heart. The sinful heart is blocking the revival. Come on. The sinful heart is blocking the revival. I, I need repentance. I need to walk away. I need to attitudinally and behaviorally and emotionally turn away from whatever my heart is drawn to and God draw my heart to you. Right? No man can serve two masters. I've got to figure out where I want my heart to be devoted. I also think there's the angry heart. This is where we put our focus. All those crazy people ruining our country. And, and, and y'all, okay, don't, no, don't, 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 don't. That's the Holy Spirit. If you want a revival, you just saw the Holy Spirit go, go, keep, don't, don't do that little road. He spends a lot of time in there because I got all little squirrels going, do that. <laughs> the, the distracted heart. Not an enemy of technology, but y'all, let's, ex let's understand the distracted heart. So, you know, old days. I hate to say old days, but actually there were days before now. And in the old days, sometimes you would sit on a park bench or you would just sit on the hood of your car or you would lay back and watch the stars. But now I'm in the elevator and if I'm in there uncomfortable for three seconds, I'm seeing what fool wants to tell me something on Twitter. <laughs> and then that shapes me. What does every mission group here want and what what does our church want we want to see people come to Christ we want to see lives transformed and marriages reconciled and babies saved and people healed but we can't force God's hand and we can't do it in our own power and we can't do it in our own schedules we certainly can't manufacture or contrive a movement of the Holy Spirit revival does not come when something out there changes all the people revival starts with us we come before God in repentance and then prayerfully, patiently waiting on God's perfect timing. We need to slow down and be still and seek God, surrender to Him, submitting ourselves to prayer and fasting to confessing and repenting of our sins. Okay, just give me two more minutes, bro. Like, what are we going to do? But don't stop supporting Christian City if you're ticked off at me. I need that as a bumper sticker on my car. <laughs> the Grammys, the guy dressed up like Satan. And y'all, I love you, but nobody cares about our opinions. And, and so Christians are blowing up. The world's going to hell, literally hell. He's dancing like Satan. And y'all, then Asbury comes, and it reminds us that Sam Smith got five minutes of attention, but the whole world was watching Wilmore, Kentucky. Jesus, this is John 3.16. You know the guy in the end zone? There's a 17. 
16, God loves the world, sends his son, that all who believe in him would not perish. The next verse explains that to us. For God did not, for Christ did not come into the world to condemn the world. Did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Paul is direct in 1 Corinthians. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Yeah, but Dan, we need to fight back. Listen, we love that war stuff, and a lot of us grew up on those hymns. Yeah, but we got to fight back, and we got to put on the armor of God, and we got these, these, these uh, you know, uh, uh, leftist, socialist, communist. Y'all, that is not our enemy. They may be doing some damage, but we've pitted this as good versus evil. And, and trust me, the red is not the good, and the blue is not the evil. And we've got to be really careful to flesh all of these uh, scriptural principles. There's a lot more going on. And our calling is not to judge those outside the world. Should be discerning? Yes, of course. Uh, turn your kids' stuff off? Yeah, if you can. You know, probably can't do it. But yeah, yeah, try to, try to guide. But our calling as a church, as the church, is not to fight the culture. Our job is to go into the culture and be salt and light. We are co-ambassadors with Christ. We are co-reconcilers with God. We are carriers of the grace and mercy and peace of God. It is not our job to spend all our time cursing the darkness and judging the heathen. Why do heathens act like heathens? Okay, I'm going to let you just sit with that. Of course unredeemed people act like unredeemed people. And then we get ticked off at them. Romans tells us that God's kindness leads us to repentance and saves us from his wrath. Shaming and condemning the sinners of the world does not lead them to repentance. Kindness does. Why did these mission groups start? I'm done. Why did these mission groups start? Why is Christian City? thousand people now. Kids, senior adults, vulnerable people, people living in housing, urban development, subsidized people being rescued, uh, kids, homeless kids, uh, runaway kids being rescued. We got a home for adults with autism. Where are they going to go? Why? Because somebody had a heart for vulnerable people, for people who live on the margins. Every ministry here started because somebody had a heart for lost people. We are not mad at them or angry at them or want to own them. Oh, man, he owned that guy. Our job is to bring and represent and preach and speak the kindness of God, which leads to repentance. So let's pray about that. Okay. Lord God, y'all, let's stand, if you can. Let's stand. Lord God, we come in prayer. We come in humility. Father, I come in humility. I, I'm not an expert on revivals, Father. I... All I know is, wow, I wanted to go to Wilmore. I wanted to taste that. I wanted to see that. I wanted to, I wanted to be a part of that. But, Father, we know it's not just about someplace in Kentucky. That you inhabit the earth. And that your spirit will move where there is humility and hunger and open hearts. Father, create in us clean hearts that can receive the Spirit. You can only go where you're welcome. And you can only be welcomed in a place that has prepared for you. 
Father, I thank you for this church, for the heart for missions, for this day. May your hand of blessing continue to be on this church as they wrestle with the truths that every person is welcome here and that your Holy Spirit does the work, not us. Remind us of that gently every day, Father, as we seek to serve you and love others. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Um, in just a few moments, we're